Did you know that it's been almost 50 years since humans walked on the surface of the moon? Of course you do. Anyone who loves space exploration obsesses about the last Apollo landings and counts the passing years of sadness. Sure, SpaceX, Blue Origins, and the new NASA Space Launch System rocket offer a tantalizing future in space. But 50 years, ouch, so much lost time. What would happen if we could go back in time? What amazing and insane plans did NASA have to continue exploring the solar system? What alternative future could we have now, 50 years later? In order to answer this question, I've teamed up with my space historian friend, Amy Shira Title, who runs the Vintage Space blog and YouTube channel. We've decided to look at two groups of missions that never happened. In her part, Amy talks about the Apollo Applications Program, NASA's original plans before the human exploration of the moon was shut down. More Apollo missions, the beginnings of a lunar base, and even a human flyby of Venus. In my half of the series, I look at Werner von Braun's insanely ambitious plans to send a human mission to Mars. Put our two episodes together, and you can imagine a space exploration future with all the ambition of the Kerbal Space Program. Keep in mind here that we're not going to constrain ourselves with the pesky laws of physics and the reality of finances. These ideas were cool and considered by NASA engineers, but they weren't necessarily the best ideas, or even feasible. So, two parts. Tackle them in any order you like. My part begins right now. Werner von Braun, of course, was the architect for NASA's spaceflight efforts during the space race. It was under von Braun's guidance that NASA developed the various flight hardware for the Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo missions, including the massive Saturn V rocket, which eventually put human crew of astronauts on the moon and safely returned them back to Earth. Von Braun was originally a German rocket scientist, pivotal to the Nazi rocket team, which developed the ballistic V2 rockets. These unmanned rockets could carry a one-ton payload 800 kilometers away. They were developed in 1942, and by 1944, they were being used in their war against Allied targets. By the end of the war, Von Braun coordinated the surrender to the Allies, as well as 500 of his engineers, including their equipment and plans for future rockets. In Operation Paperclip, the German scientists were captured and transferred to the White Sands Proving Ground in New Mexico, where they would begin working on the U.S. rocket efforts. Before the work really took off, though, von Braun had a couple of years of relative downtime. In 1947 and 1948, he wrote a science fiction novel about the human exploration of Mars. The novel itself wasn't published right away because it was terrible, but it also contained a detailed appendix containing all of the calculations, mission parameters, hardware designs to carry out this mission to Mars. The appendix was way better than the novel. In 1952, this appendix was published in Germany as Das Mars Project, or The Mars Project and an English version was published a few years later. Collier's Weekly Magazine did an eight-part special on the Mars Project in 1952, captivating the world's imagination. With a little Googling, you should be able to get your hands on the original Mars Project book or the Collier's Magazine, and I'll put a link in the notes. Enjoy the book. 
So here's the plan. In the Mars Project, Von Braun envisioned a vast armada of spaceships that would make the journey from Earth to Mars. They would send a total of 10 giant spaceships, each of which would weigh about 4,000 tons. Just for comparison, a fully loaded Saturn V rocket could carry about 140 tons of payload into low Earth orbit. In other words, they'd need a lot of rockets. Von Braun estimated that 953 stage rockets should be enough to get everything into orbit. All the ships would be assembled in orbit and 70 crew members would take to their stations for an epic journey. They'd blast the rockets and carry out a Mars home and transfer, which would take them eight months to make the journey from Earth to Mars. The flotilla consisted of seven orbiters, huge spheres that would travel to Mars, go into orbit, and then return back to Earth. It also consisted of three glider landers, which would enter the Martian atmosphere and stay on Mars. Once they reached the red planet, they would use powerful telescopes to scan the Martian landscape and search for safe and scientifically interesting landing spots. The first landing would happen at one of the planet's polar caps, which von Braun figured was the only guaranteed flat surface for a landing. At this point, it's important to note that von Braun assumed that the Martian atmosphere was about as thick as Earth's. He figured you could use huge winged gliders to aerobrake into the atmosphere and land safely on the surface. He was wrong. The atmosphere on Mars is actually only 1% as thick as Earth's, and these gliders would never work. Newer missions like SpaceX's Red Dragon and Interplanetary Transport Ship will use rockets to make a powered landing. But I think if Von Braun knew this, he could have modified his plans to still make the whole thing work. Once the first expedition landed at one of the polar caps, they'd make a 6,400 kilometer journey across the harsh Martian landscape to the first base camp location at the equator. And then they'd build a landing strip. Then the two more gliders would detach from the flotilla and bring the majority of the explorers to the base camp, and the skeleton crew would remain in orbit. Once again, I think it's important to note that von Braun didn't truly understand how awful the surface of Mars really is. The almost non-existent atmosphere and extreme cold would require much more sophisticated gear than he'd planned for. But still, you gotta admire his ambition. At this point in the story, Von Braun's Mars adventurers have set up shop on the surface of the Red Planet, and shortly, I'll let you know the thrilling conclusion. First, though, it's time to thank a few of our amazing patrons. Matt Delvey, Trip Bishop, Tom Harshman, JM Autobot, and the rest of our 731 patrons for their generous support. If you like what we're doing and you want to help out, head over to patreon.com slash universe today. With the Mars exploration team on the ground, their first task was to turn their glider launchers into rockets again. They would stand them up and get them prepped to blast off from the surface of Mars when their mission was over. The Martian explorers would set up an inflatable habitat and then spend the next 400 days surveying the area. Geologists would investigate the landscape, studying the composition of the rocks, Botanists would study the hardy Martian plant life and see what kinds of earth plants would grow. Zoologists would study the local animals, of course, and help figure out what was dangerous and what was safe to eat. Archaeologists would search the region for evidence of ancient Martian civilizations and study the vast canal network seen from Earth by astronomers. Perhaps 
they'd even meet the hardy martians that built those canals struggling to survive to this day once again in the 1940s we thought mars would be like earth but more of a desert there'd be plants and animals and maybe even people adapted to the hardy environment with our modern knowledge, this sounds quaint today. The most brutal desert on Earth is a paradise compared to the nicest place on Mars. Von Braun did the best he could with the best science of the time. Finally, at the end of their 400 days on Mars, the astronauts would blast off from the surface of Mars, meet up with the orbiting crew, and the entire flotilla would make the return journey to Earth using the minimum fuel Mars-Earth transfer trajectory. Although Von Braun got a lot of things wrong about his Martian mission plans, such as the thickness of the atmosphere and the habitability of Mars, he got a lot of things right. He anticipated a mission plan that required the least amount of fuel by assembling pieces in orbit using the Hohmann transfer trajectory, exploring Mars for 400 days to match up Earth and Mars orbits. He developed the concept of using orbiters, detachable landing craft, and ascent vehicles used by the Apollo moon missions. The missions never happened, obviously, but von Braun's ideas served as the backbone for all future human Mars mission plans. I'd like to give a massive thanks to space historian David Portry. He wrote an amazing book called Humans to Mars, which details 50 years of NASA plans to send humans to the red planet, including a fantastic synopsis of the Mars Project, and I'll put a link to his book in the show notes. You can read it for free from NASA's website. I asked David about how von Braun's ideas influenced human spaceflight, and he said this, the reliance on a conjunction class long-stay mission lasting 400 days, that was gutsy. In the 1960s, NASA and contractor planners generally stuck with an opposition class short-stay mission. In recent years, we've seen more emphasis on the conjunction class mission mode, sometimes with a relatively short period on Mars, but lots of time in orbit. Other times, with almost the whole mission spent on the surface. Von Braun had the right idea. So what do you think about Von Braun's ambitious plans to send humans to Mars? How do you think this compares to our more modern plans? Are there other ideas about human colonization of Mars that you'd like me to look into? What would you like Amy and me to investigate next? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Next episode, fusion. It'll be about fusion. Seriously, maybe? Well, more? As I said, this is a collaboration with Amy Shira Title, so you're gonna wanna watch what she's got to say about the moon missions. I've created a playlist that starts with Amy's video and then carries on to other related videos about the Von Braun plans, including recreations in the Kerbal Space Program. Click here to get started. And then return back to Earth. Mm. Mirth. Back to Mirth.